Welcome to The Dog Show, a podcast for dog mums and dads who like to spoil their pups and care for their well-being. I'm your host, Will Blunt, and every week I interview global experts about dog health, nutrition, behaviour, trends, and much more. Let's sink our teeth into this week's episode. This episode of The Dog Show features Michelle Suarez. Michelle is the manager of rescue and behavior programs at Humane Society Silicon Valley. She lends her experience to help save animals, provide training, and aid the adoption process. In the interview, we discuss the puppy behavioral problems caused by lockdowns and how you can train a puppy for post-pandemic life. Michelle, welcome to The Dog Show. Thanks for coming on. Hello, nice to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. You've got so much experience working with shelters and as a dog trainer as well, so I'm sure you're going to share some great insights with the audience today. Absolutely, I'm excited. Okay, so before we jump into all the nitty-gritty of the topic today, I'd like to ask you about your yourself. Do you have a dog? I've actually got four dogs. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> So with my dogs, um, I, the, how I got into animal welfare was adopting my first dog. There was um, one year where I was literally adopting a puppy, I think, every three months. Um, so I've had up to seven dogs in my household, most of them Siberian Huskies, because I was doing uh, dog sledding when I first got into animal welfare um, and started with Bay Area Siberian Husky Rescue. Right now, I do have two Huskies that I got from Bay Area Siberian Husky Rescue and then two um, small mutts that I adopted from the Humane Society of Silicon Valley. Okay. So um, do you get, not? I guess roped in is the right term to say, but do you kind of get roped into adopting more dogs than you would normally because you work there? You know, it's really one of the reasons I got into animal welfare was realizing I can't adopt a puppy every three months. Yeah. Um, so the two um, small mutts that I've gotten from here it, are they—they're actually what I people call foster failures. Um, I get roped in to foster puppies, especially puppies with medical or behavior issues. Um, and one of the puppies that I adopted was a behavior um, issue puppy, and then another one was actually a medical issue. It was a puppy that we thought was going to lose both of his eyes. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, so do you find, I mean, if you're there for adopting dogs that have failed with foster families, potentially because of behavioral issues, do you find it hard to transition them into a household with other dogs? Not at all, actually, um, especially for animals who are displaying some behavioral issues. Having canine role models in the home is super helpful. So for my puppy, when I was fostering it, having those confident adult dogs in my household helped her come a long way. And it just got to the point where we got attached to her and she was the right fit for our household. And she was also willing to do dog sledding, even as a smaller dog. So we decided to keep her. Um, but yeah, definitely saying saying no after you've put so much care um, to an animal, not keeping them is really hard. A lot of our foster families struggle spending so much you know time with these animals and then being able to say goodbye and put them up for adoptions. But we continue to do so and continue to foster so we can give other animals that opportunity to find homes. 
Uh, forgive me to kind of going on a segue here, but we don't have a lot of snow here in Australia. I'm interested to hear more, more about uh, sledding with dogs. Is that like a sport that you do? Is it a hobby? What would you, how would you describe it? It could actually be both. And um, surprisingly so, we're not getting a lot of snow in California either. Okay. So dog sledding turns into dog carting. You can actually uh, use a bike, a, uh, an adult tricycle. Um, we've used ATVs when we have a lot of dogs and you attach them on with a long line. And as a team, they pull whatever it is that you're attaching them to. And it's a lot of fun. I do it more as a hobby. There are people that do it competitively as well. Okay. And the Huskies are obviously the perfect type of dog for that as well, or? Absolutely. But I've found because I've put all of my dogs on a on the dog sled team <laughs> um, that any dog can actually learn to dog sled. I've had my lab and my small mixes also um, on the line. The smaller dogs don't necessarily pull, but they'll run with the team. Um, and almost any breed dog um, can learn to pull. Okay. Okay. That's interesting to know. So um, Tell me more about Humane Society Silicon Valley then. How did you end up there? I know you've been there for almost 15 years now. Yes. Uh, so I was at the time just finished getting my certification to be a dog trainer and was looking to be able to provide my knowledge to the shelter animals. And so I applied for a position here in the behavior department where I would be able to start working with the animals that do need some behavior support before they are ready for adoptions. Mm. Um, so I've been doing that on the behavior team for these past 14 years, and it has been very rewarding. Okay. And what type of um, problems do you typically see with dogs before they need to be home, like before they're ready to be homed? We get all types of behaviors. The most common ones I think that we get are animals that are not well socialized with humans. And so they are shy and fearful and are learning to trust new people. And so getting them started on being able to positively meet new people and have some sort of plan in place for them to start making that interaction with someone who's going to be adopting them is huge. Then we get a lot of the times people will adopt an animal and not do a lot of training with them. And that cute puppy then becomes that young, large adolescent adult that has no manners. So teaching that adult, adolescent, larger uh, dog some manners helps a lot in finding them a new home. Um, and then the, the animals that are just used to, they have guarding instincts. And so they might guard um, resources from other animals and teaching them how to um, be managed and not guard because a lot of adopters are looking to add to their household. So guarding from the other animals or the people in the home isn't the best thing. Do you have a time frame that you're working towards when a new dog comes in to, to then home it or is that dependent on the situation? Honestly, the sooner we can get it into the home, the better. We start seeing that if animals are in a shelter environment for more than 14 days, they'll start to deteriorate. So as soon as we can figure out what it is they need, what type of training plan they need, we'll make them available for adoptions. And then we offer the adopters support to continue the training in the home environment. So we never want to get the animal to be perfectly trained because by that time, then you're running against time to keep them from deteriorating in your care. You want to just get that plan in place. 
that you can then talk to adopters about. This is what this dog needs. We're going to give this training support. Are you, you know, willing to take this on in your home? Is this a good fit for you? Um, and we have gotten several animals adopted that way. We offer training scholarships, free training classes, in addition to support um, from our behavior team, which helps a lot. Cool, cool. So I know that puppy, um, well, puppy or dog adoption in general has you know skyrocketed in the last couple of months. A lot more, more people were at home with lockdowns and things like that. Uh, but I, what I understand is that could potentially cause some issues once people are back in the office and things like that. Is that right? Absolutely. So I think the biggest thing with that is that the animals have gotten an opportunity to become really attached to their owners being there all the time. And so you have two groups of animals. You have the animals that um, used to be okay being left alone for long periods of time because their owners used to be at work. They're going to have to learn how to be alone again. Um, and then you've got animals, especially the puppies, who have never had to be left alone for long lengths of time and learning how to be relaxed and comfortable and confident when their owners are at work um, is going to be a huge transition for them. So starting that as soon as possible is going to make a huge difference to the success of that animal in the household. What behaviors do you imagine could come from a puppy that's used to being having people around, but then all of a sudden they're left by themselves? The biggest thing that you're going to see first is destruction. Um, animals not used to knowing what to do when their human is not around, in addition to animals being distressed, not understanding why their human is not around. Um, so if they're not properly confined, they can get destructive in the household. Um, there's some animals that may get anxiety being left alone for the first time. Um, and so that could require, you know, both medical and behavior intervention to get them comfortable and used to being left alone. The other thing is uh, animals hopefully are going to start getting exposed to more people. There's going to be some that have had more exposure than others. So also getting comfortable to seeing more people around when they're out and about with their families because families are going to want to start getting out there again and exploring with their dog. Yeah, that's something I didn't think about as much as that socialization aspect. Mm -hmm. If the dog's like whole existence has been in a situation where they're not regularly socialized with animals or, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, with animals or people, then that could be another issue. Absolutely. If they are not used to interacting with strangers or strange dogs, that's something that they're going to have to learn. Um, some animals are going to be naturally inclined and are going to be okay with it. Um, some of them may have already missed some of that critical developmental stage and they're going to have to get worked into being more comfortable around that. I mean, for the animals, especially just like humans didn't want to leave the household during this pandemic time, if they stayed in their household um, this entire time with their animals, then the animals just leaving the house, even just walking out the front door is going to be a new experience for them that they're going to have to get used to. Okay, so let's talk about an action plan then. Let's say that I adopted a puppy during a lockdown and now I'm thinking about, okay, I need to get back to work. We need to start living a more active lifestyle than what we were previously. What would you recommend? So the very first thing I would do is actually write out what your current schedule with your, with your puppy, what does that look like? And then go back and write out another schedule of what you want it to look like now that you're going to be out and about and socialized. And you're going to want to transition slowly your puppy to that new schedule um, and start adjusting that schedule slowly, like 
you know, in the mornings we usually stay home, but now you're going to need to learn to stay home alone. So start practicing before you have to go back to work, leaving your puppy alone in the morning times or not paying attention if you're used to giving them all of that attention. So the more that you you can transition it slowly, the easier it's going to be for your puppy to adjust. And then also the more that you can get them used to what their schedule is going to be and provide that consistent schedule, um, they're going to catch on. Animals are, thrive on consistency and schedule and they get used to when they have breakfast and when they have lunch and when they have dinner, when potty times are. And so you're, you're going to have to adjust it and being able to adjust it slowly so that they catch on, okay, things are changing, but there's still going to be some consistency to it. Okay. So what you're saying is like, rather than, you know, going from situation A to situation B, you try and create a path in the middle, which is like slowly 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, and just getting them used to a new schedule. Correct. Yeah. And depending on how your puppy's responding, making those baby steps smaller. Um, so making that transition even slower, if they're handling it really well, then you can kind of accelerate a little bit more the transition, but definitely starting sooner rather than later and, and creating that transition plan to where you want to be. Is there anything you could do in the household to help with that transition, like with crate training and things like that? Absolutely. So um, depending on how long you're going to want to leave your puppy home alone, you're going to look at what the proper confinement area will be for, for your pet. Um, is it just an hour? Is it a couple of hours? Um, cause the longer that you leave them, the bigger confinement area, you're probably going to want to find them. Um, in addition to depending on how long you're going to leave them, you might need to even also recruit someone to come in and give them that potty break in the middle of the day. I ideally, you know, six to eight hours max, and that's pushing it. You probably want to go over, you know, about six hours, um, between potty breaks and having someone, if you can't be there, for eight hours, being able to come in and give that potty break, whether it's a, a friend, a relative, or recruiting a dog walker, and then getting your animal used to that person coming in and being involved uh, with caring for them. Um, for smaller time frames, a crate um, is appropriate. Um, for you know bigger time frames, you might even be looking at a, a room um, or a secure enclosed area outside depending on how long you plan to leave your your pup alone. That idea about bringing in the dog walker is, is something I didn't think about as well. If you're going to be out for, you know, six to eight hours, obviously mm -hmm. they want to be able to go to the potty. So, Yeah. Another thing to consider is also uh, doggy daycare. Picking, um, you know, two to three times a week um, that you can drop off your puppy to get that dog socialization, um, especially for those that need to get a little bit more comfortable with um, getting used to unfamiliar dogs gets your puppy tired. And then when you're tired from work, both of you guys are ready to kind of chill and nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rather than them, you getting home from work and you're tired and all they want to do is play. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Are there any other behaviors you could be teaching your dog at home um, that will help with this transition? Absolutely. So, I mean, just starting to engage now in basic training and regularly um, is going to help mentally stimulate your pup. Uh, starting to identify what kind of things that your puppy can do to self-entertain themselves when they're safe and alone. Um, so start introducing, you know, puzzle feeders or, you know, Nyla bones to start to get an idea of what you can leave your pup alone to do with without you being there 
and providing that interactive play. Um, and then when you do do that interactive play, I always recommend you play first for a little while and then you give a feeding because ultimately then that will induce ideally nap time so that when they're alone, the other thing it's going to encourage them is to sleep when they're alone. So start building those kind of things into their schedule and getting them used to you not giving them a lot of attention during that time frame that you are going to eventually not be at home and that they're going to have to be relaxed without that constant human interaction. That makes a lot of sense. And, and it's okay for dogs to sleep a long time, right? They sleep a lot more than we do. Absolutely. So just kind of coordinating, getting them tired so that when you're leaving alone, they're sleeping as well. Well, thanks for those tips, Michelle. It sounds like if I had to summarize it, you're talking about planning a schedule for the transition and taking things slowly, but also thinking about ways you can get your dog used to either being alone or, or opportunities to interact with people or dogs and outside such as daycare or having a dog walker come in just getting a little bit creative with with the transition and being proactive about how you approach it absolutely and remembering that if um, you're struggling there are resources out there depending on the needs of your puppy you can look into a private trainer to work with one-on-one um, if your puppy is already comfortable with people and other dogs uh, starting group classes, um, learning, you know, basic manners with other people around um, at obviously at a safe distance. Um, so remembering to reach out to those resources also sooner rather than later. Cool. So where can people find out more about the Humane Society, Silicon Valley and what you're doing? We have a website, www.hssv.org, and all the work that we do is on that website. Uh, in addition to our social media pages are linked onto it. Perfect. Well, I'll share that in the show notes. But thanks so much for coming on and talking about the transition from lockdown to post-pandemic life for, for dog owners. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Michelle.